the now season. Too many people look at the anointed redeemer as the one-off. He was the only one that could be like that. And yet, your new covenant says to you, you ought to walk as he also walked. It says you ought to talk as he also talked. It says, the works that I do shall you do in greater. The Lord wants you to stop looking at the Lord as the only one who could work miracles, signs, and wonders. Pastor, why are you going through the miracles of the anointed Redeemer one at a time? To seed in you possibility thinking. If this is the work he did, it's the work I can do. If he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do it by the same Spirit that lives in me. If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead when all of hell was opposed to it, he can make your body alive with that same kind of life. Devil defeating, demon destroying, hell defeating, anointing. So we're going through the miracles not to make you look back and go, oh, wasn't Jesus just wonderful? Wasn't he so powerful, so tremendous? I wish I could have been there to see it myself. Well, you're here. You can see it through your hands. Luke chapter 5. The men of valor will be shortly putting notes in your hands. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And the Lord stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he ordered him to tell no one, but to go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him. And to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. <clears throat> if you have today's notes, our Lord had just delivered the message on the two foundations. I am still getting emails and text messages and Facebook stuff because of an announcement I put out about 
the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ, where he acknowledged that there are two systems in the earth, the world system and the kingdom system. And he said, when it comes to the kingdom system, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And I have people contacting me, but so-and-so is only pretending to be a Christian. And I go, so? I'm not voting for a Christian for president. I'm voting for somebody that can deal with the enemy. Because when Putin is coming, or China, or ISIL, or one of the other terrorist groups are coming, I don't want someone who's going to turn the other cheek. I want somebody who's going to slap them down. But some Christians are so stupid, if they were drowning, they would go, you can't rescue me, you got beer on your breath. And if I'm drowning, I don't care if a biker crawls off his Harley and says, what the hell are you doing, fool? If he'll get me out of the water. We're not voting for a pastor. We're voting for somebody that knows how to run a business. We've elected too many people who've never been in business. And they've put us in debt. Because if they can't balance their checkbook, they sure can't balance a national checkbook. But church, you've got to decide what are the qualifications for whatever it is you're looking at. Not what do I like about them. If somebody is coming to my aid in a dark alley when I've been jumped by a gang and they come running in to help me, I'm not going to go, did you shower? Are those tattoos? I'm going to go, thank God. <laughs> Are you listening, church? Yeah. Don't be stupid when it's election time, and don't be stupid about anything else. Peter was a redneck. And he would be unwelcome at most social gatherings you would be a part of. <coughs> but he was called of God. Thomas doubted the anointed Redeemer right to his face. But he evangelized India and established a religious tradition that has carried on for centuries. I am amazed sometimes when I read the Bible and find that Paul and Barnabas got into such a fight that it became a physical altercation if you read the original text. So Paul and Barnabas are duking it out in the parking lot like a, like a scene from the Apostle. Then he comes back into the church and preaches a long message. Your King James cleans it up, but Paul said, if cutting a little off the end makes you spiritual, why don't you just cut the whole thing off and be 
really spiritual. I would that they were altogether cut off. It's more poetic than... When Peter was encountered by an occultic, he said, to hell with you and your money. And the King James said, thy money perish with thee. They were real people who had real body odor, who had real tempers, who got discouraged, who experienced self-pity. In fact, the Bible records one of Paul's pity sessions. Oh, you think they're so hot? I've been beaten. I've been attacked. I've been talked about. I've been shipwrecked. I've been a night and a day in the deep. If they're so hot, let's look at their track record of what they've been through. I've been through all of this. I've been stoned and left for dead. Church, they were no different than you. God didn't call any perfect people. He called imperfect people to a perfect work. The work is perfect, not the person. But our Lord delivered the message of the two foundations. It says, there's two systems at work. Those that are building on the Word of God, the rock of truth, and those that are building on the world system, the sand that shifts with every coming tide and every blowing wind and everything that rolls down the pike. What are you building your house on? Now we look at that and we go, house. Yeah, that's a uh, four walls, roof, front door. No, a house is your lineage. The house of David, the house of Jesse, the house of Saul. What are you building your house on? What can your children follow? What can your grandchildren follow? Are you building it on the rock of God's truth? Or are you building it upon public opinion? Secular understanding? News reports? Our Lord delivered the message of the two foundations people build their houses or their lives on. The sand, which is subject to change, and the rock of changes truth, God said. What are you building your life on? Did you know that every time you say, I'm a sinner, you're building it upon something other than the, the Word of God? I'm unworthy. That's not the Word of God. It would be impossible for me to do it. That's not the Word of God. All things are possible to them that believe. After the message, he went to the mountain to pray. We begin to see a pattern in the life of our Lord and Redeemer. 
he would go to a prayer time and come out of the prayer time and do great works. Maybe that's why we're not doing great works because we don't have the prayer time to get us connected to do the great work. Because we don't do the great work, the Holy Spirit through us does the work. And if we haven't been communing, we don't hear His still, small voice. He would go away to pray or commune with the Father. Then He would come out of time with God to do great works. While He was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. If he was covered with leprosy, that means from head to foot, his flesh was rotting on his body. Lepers would sometimes walk around with stubs, bones exposed where there used to be flesh because the flesh had been eaten away. It was not a pretty sight. A leper had to call out unclean every place he went. And if a Jew touched him, they had to go for a ceremonial cleansing and purification because they became unclean just by touching them or by them touching them. If he came in contact with an unclean person, you had to go for purification. I want you to get a hold of the situations because our Lord is about to reach out and get unclean to get him clean. There's a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord. Not, hey, you. Not, Jesus. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. It's a horrible thought to think that there are still people walking around churches going, well, if the Lord wants to heal me, he can. Let's just pray his will be done. Why would God send his son to a cross to die after being beaten with 40 lashes for your healing if it wasn't his will for you to be healed. A man is covered or devoured by leprosy. His flesh is rotting away. He stunk with the smell of rotting flesh. The man falls on his face. He prostrates himself in a helpless position. Before the king, the Lord, the teacher, and addresses him, Lord. He recognizes where the authority is. The first step in receiving from God, whether it's salvation, healing, wealth, Understanding, protection, the first step is in recognizing lordship. 
When he said, Lord, he was saying, you're Lord over this sickness. When you bring your need to the Lord, you acknowledge that He has already conquered what now needs to be conquered in your life. And you want to come under His conquering. Submit to Lordship is the first step in receiving from God. The man said, If you're willing... I know you can, but will you? Settle it. He is willing. Acts 10, 34 says he's no respecter of persons. If he was willing to heal this leper, he's willing to heal you. Willing is not the question. Are you under lordship is the question. You can make me clean. Not just healed. You're not just going to stop the onward progression of this disease. You're going to make me clean. Now I want you to get something here. Our Lord and Redeemer breaks with Jewish tradition. He violates the law. Why? I don't know that the man was able to grasp his willingness if he just said, go your way and be clean. But the unclean leper, knowing what the law said, is laying flat on his face, I pose no threat to you. I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to grab you. I'm not going to hold on to you. He prostrated himself totally helpless before him. You can stop me. You can kick me. You can do what you want. I'm Lord. If you're willing, you can make me whole. And the Lord willing to meet him at his point of utter desperation reached out and violated the law and touched him. When you touch leprosy, you expose yourself to leprosy. But the Lord said, I'm willing to meet you where you are, to lift you to where I can take you. A lot of us forget then our, our filthiest moment of life, our Lord reached out and touched us and drew us unto Himself and made us His own. If He was willing to take us at our worst, how much more when we're already His is He willing to embrace us fully? I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. It didn't say the leprosy stopped progressing. The leprosy left him. The touch of the master's hand on an unclean, untouchable. He was willing. 
he is still willing. His stripes cover all who come to his lordship. I trust there's no one under the sound of my voice who's still coming to you. Well, God, your will be done. If you heal me, you heal me. If you don't, well, I'll just suffer under it. If you were kidnapped and someone sold their entire estate to get the money to buy you back, would you question them? Well, do you really want me back? After they've sacrificed everything to pay the price to get you back? How could anyone with any intellect at all Come to God and say, if it's his will, he'll heal me. After he's already paid the ultimate price. Why would God pay the price of his son being beaten until the bones were hanging out of his flesh? Until he no longer resembled a human being? Why would he allow the torment and torture of every disease to be put on him if he didn't intend you to be free. And not only you, every person that you lay hands on. The last chapter of Mark, hands you shall lay, and well they shall be. And he didn't say, Hands you shall lay if it's not an unclean disease. I have a few times been called to the bedside of someone dying of AIDS. And people seem startled when I reach over and take them by the hand lay my hand on their forehead and begin to pray with them. But I've watched a man dying of AIDS receive the Lord Jesus Christ and depart this life praying in tongues with me. Pastor, I don't know if I'd lay hands on that. I've laid hands on worse. And never worry once about catching it. But pastor's a serious disease. All disease is serious if you got it. <laughs> but understand this. The anointing that's in you is greater than anything that's on them. And every sickness is of the devil. I said, every sickness is of the devil. If there wasn't the presence of the devil on the earth, there wouldn't be any sickness. Can you imagine the world before man turned loose of God said? You didn't need clothes. The temperature was perfect. You didn't need rain. 
You didn't need Walmart. Could it be a world without Walmart? Everything you needed was provided for you. Did it just blip on your radar that if it wasn't for sin, there wouldn't be a need in my life? When it was all God said, every need was met before you had it. Well, how can there be a God if there's people starving to death? Because they don't have God. There are people starving to death where God is. The touch of the Master's hand on an unclean, untouchable. He was willing... He is willing. His stripes cover all who submit to his lordship. And he ordered him to tell no one. But our Lord and Redeemer had a mischievous side to him. Imagine you're a priest, you're at the synagogue. In comes a clean dude and says, I need to give the offering for being cleansed of leprosy. Uh, ain't been nobody cleansed of leprosy for a hundred years. I am. How did it happen? The king laid hands on me. He touched you when you were leprous? Yeah. And he said, come show you that the anointing destroys the yoke, whether you believe it or not. You know, Daddy God has still got that mischievous streak. He would love to see you lay hands on somebody right in the middle of a crowd of unbelief. I remember when Dave Roberson first submitted to the call of God on his life. He was working at the wood mills in Oregon. And he said, all right, Lord, I'm going to stop working for a living. And I'm going to submit myself to you. And I'm going to trust you to take care of me. So he told his wife, every morning when the whistle goes off at the mill, I'm going to the shed in the backyard to pray. And if I break for lunch when the whistle blows, if I break for a cup of coffee when the morning break and afternoon break whistle goes, I'll let you know if I don't, then don't bother me. I'm just going to pray eight hours a day. I've been working at the mill eight hours a day, and we can't pay our bills. I'm going to pray eight hours a day. And he said he went to prayer 
prayed for about three hours and looked at his watch. It had been 15 minutes. But by the end of 30 days, his house was paid for. He had been given a new Winnebago. They had a new car, and all their bills were paid. Because he spent 30 days praying in tongues every day. It took him over a week to just get to where he could pray all day. But he was committed to it. He came out of that 30 days of prayer and someone told him there was a conference going on at a local church. So he went down to the church to be a part because there was a conference going on. And there was a man standing up reading a paper on unity. And he's sitting there and he looks over at the lady next to him and he sees the woman leaning on a cane as she's sitting there and he sees her hip is all black. And he goes, God, what is that? God says, she has cancer of the hip. If you'll lay hands on her, I'll heal her. And he said, but the guy's teaching. God said, I'm not listening to him. Why should you? <laughs> and so he turned and looked at the lady and said, God just told me if I lay hands on you, he'll heal you. She said, well, lay hands on me. He laid hands on her and instantly the power of God went through her. Man's been 30 days praying in tongues building himself up on his most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. She was healed. She got up and started walking. She went downstairs where a bunch of her friends were in another, because they had all these different sessions meeting the church, and told them what would happen, what had happened to her. And they came walking upstairs, and they wanted hands laid on them. Pretty soon, nobody's listening to the teacher because... He's in the back of the church laying hands on everybody. And they're being healed. Because once he submitted to lordship, his life changed. Just because you're in a religious meeting doesn't mean God doesn't want to show up. So he says, tell no one. But go to the priest and go, ta-da! Here's the offering Moses commanded under the law. I'm healed. You'd have to certify me as healed. Do you see any cancer? I mean, I mean, do you see any leprosy? Any sickness, any disease? Certify me healed. And the priest has to, by law, certify the work the Redeemer just did. Tell no one I don't need your endorsement. Follow the law of recovery. Go to the priest, the religious leader, and make them squirm. <laughs> Present the required lawful offering of praise to God. You don't give the credit to me. Give the credit to God. And this is pre-stripes. This is pre-cross. There's more available to you than was available to this leper. 
as a testimony to the priests of a dead order, showing God is still in the healing business. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and sicknesses. News spread of the miracles, signs, and wonders as the anointing continued to destroy the yoke of darkness. It was a miracle to the leper. It was a sign to the priesthood. It was a wonder to the people. And all of those are in your repertoire. Miracles, signs, and wonders belong to you. No, no. I said miracles, signs, and wonders belong to you because greater is he who is in you. We're back to the bulletin picture. When you look in the mirror of the word, do you see the line of the tribe of Judah? Or do you see a feline domesticus? But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Dave Robeson is one who has had tremendous miracles in his ministry. Miracles of healing and deliverance. But they occur because he spends time in prayer. I was with Mario recently and he said, when I sense the anointing is wanting to do a work in one of the meetings, he said, I spent at least two hours praying in tongues before I go to that meeting. Why? Building himself up on his most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, what's possible through your hands? What's possible through your words? What's possible because you're present? Do we pray enough to be sensitive to hear what God wants to say to us or through us? The master retreats to pray. He didn't put out a newsletter. He didn't do a miracle update. He went back to the source of the miracles. Staying under authority makes the way to stay in authority. These signs shall follow them that believe. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. They'll cast out demons, remove demonic presence. They'll exercise the authority of the word. Twenty sixteen is a year of great wealth transfer as God is bringing extreme wealth to the body of Christ. Some people will receive it and walk in it, and some people will go, Well, I didn't get none. 
because they weren't believing for any. They were just waiting to see if it happens. You've got to lay hold of the vision to run with it. But in this year, God is calling His people to miracles and signs and wonders. Many, if not most of you, are going to have people come across your path. And you're going to get that unction to function. Are you going to go with it? Are you going to lay hands on the people? Are you going to break the power of darkness and set captives free? Are you going to be God's hand extended? Pastor, I hear people talking about gloom and despair and financial distress and all these things that are coming. So? Ain't coming to my house. I'm decreeing it won't come to yours. God sent me as a watchman on the wall to pray for you and to cover you. And so I do. And I speak health and wealth and joy and power to you. I speak life in it more abundantly to you. In the time I've been with Daddy God, I've been through hell and back a lot of times. I've been in situations that I should be dead many times over. But I'm not. I've been in situations that I should have been bankrupt many times over. Many times we've gone under attack financially and cost us seemingly everything. But we've always come out stronger and more abundant than we went in. I've been talked about, gossiped about, called all manner of things, had all manner of lies told, but I'm still here. Because greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. In the world, you'll have tribulation. That's one system. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. That's another system. Which system are you letting determine your life? The world system or the kingdom system? The world system says, we're going to take everything you've got. The kingdom system says, they can't take all you've got. The world system says, gloom, despair, and misery on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. And God says, I'll lead you, I'll guide you, I'll protect you, I'll keep you. Church, you don't have to be spiritual all the time. Secular thoughts are going to come. 
They're not the end of the world as long as they don't rule you. Praise seems up there singing praise to God a while ago. And they hit that section and Demetrius went over and triggered the drum machine and you heard the, the music stop and the drum, electronic drums going. My mind went Phil Collins' theme song for Miami Vice. <laughs> I remember those licks. Don Johnson driving his fake Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, it was a fake. It was a Corvette dressed up to look like a Ferrari. Driving his Ferrari fake down the Miami Boulevard and Phil Collins playing electronic drums for the group that was doing the backup songs for it. Well, Pastor, right during praise and worship? Yeah. It happens. I recognize the licks. And yes, I watched Miami Vice. I loved it. It was make-believe. I didn't take it serious. But I did like the fact Don Johnson didn't wear socks. I only wear them to church. But you can have thoughts other than bless the Lord oh my soul. <laughs> Jesus had other thoughts. Get thee behind me, Satan. John, you're talking like the devil. But in all you're getting, Get smart, wisdom from God who wants you to walk like Him, talk like Him, be like Him, do like Him, and recognize that in Jesus' time, He wasn't welcome in any church. And if you really start following God, you're not going to be welcome in a lot of them. Because they don't want God moving if it's not in the program. I can't attend a church that has a program. Sean, right in the middle of congregational response, I may feel a hallelujah coming on. <laughs> Just have to scribble that into the bulletin. You are the redeemed of the Lord. If you're born again, born again, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. But that spirit has to be fed, and he only, re he only eats new covenant truth. And so you read the new covenant aloud to yourself and you pray in the Spirit. And you read the new covenant aloud and you pray in the Spirit. And you read the new covenant aloud and you pray in the Spirit. And pretty soon you've got enough spiritual protein in you that you can lift that bondage. 
But if you haven't eaten all week, I went into the hospital 265 pounds. After 30 days in a coma, I'd lost 100 pounds. They'd been feeding me intravenously. And they took me to rehab. And I tried to lift a two-pound weight and couldn't. We were on Runberg Lane. Brother Damon preached a message that Lucy translated, use it or lose it, spiritual atrophy. Not that I remember it, but... Somebody said, Pastor, do you ever forget anything? And I said, no, be careful. <laughs> a lot of times we're losing the power of God because we've lost our time with God. Pastor, I just have a hard time making time to get away with the Lord. I don't know about you, but Daddy talks to me in the shower. I have a note, as coarse as it may sound to you, I have a note tablet beside the toilet because I'll be sitting on the John, the great white throne, and he'll start talking to me, and I start making notes. I was making notes last night and wrote them down, put them on the staircase. I'll be researching it out, putting together another message because I can't go to the bathroom without God talking to me. On my nightstand, there's a tablet and pen because sometimes in the night I turn on a flashlight and I make notes because the Lord will talk to me in the night season, Bob. In the living room of our house where my chair is there's a clipboard and a pen beside it because sometimes I'll be watching television that happened to me yesterday and the Lord gave me a revelation on the wall and Jesus being the door a pastor while watching television yes God didn't say, you know, once NCIS is over, I want to talk to you. He thinks he's God and just starts talking. And I stopped listening to Mark Harmon and I started listening to God. I've been in a theater and the Lord gave me a message. In a theater. He's not bothered by Clint Eastwood. Pastor, what are you saying? We sing it, but we don't want to live it. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. You mean God will talk to you while you're taking a walk? Oh, yeah. He saved my life while taking a walk. 
that still small voice said, stop. Your God will meet you anywhere you're open to being met. So I expect to meet him in bed. He's not embarrassed by the fact that I sleep in my BVDs. I've never once had him say, if you'll get some clothes on, we can talk. (laughs) When God shows up in the shower, I don't go, God! (laughs) He just starts talking, I go, yes, sir. As soon as I can get a towel, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Do you understand that God is real? no matter whether you are or not. That he is an ever-present help in time of need. Ever-present includes the toilet. Lord knows Elvis could have used him there. Wouldn't have died on the toilet if he'd have been listening to God. Well, Pastor, you don't know. Yes, I do. His cousin, who was visiting with me, told me they had talked about the Lord just before he went to the toilet. He went out into eternity there because he wouldn't listen. (coughs) The God of all creation is real. He wants to be real to you. Never once have I had to say, Most benevolent Holy Father, Thou who dwellest in purity and righteousness, wouldst Thou listen to my humble plea? I just go, Daddy. And He's always there. Pastor, how do you know? Because He said, He's an ever-present help in time of need. Never had to justify myself one time. God, I know I haven't had time to pray and study like I should. But if you could see any way possible to lend an ear to me in my distress. God, they're after me. What are you going to do about it? I call upon you and your holy angels, and I, I expect help now. If you're an ever-present help, now is a good time. But that same God is available to you when someone comes and goes, would you pray with me? Or they're relating their hurts and their distresses to you, and you get that unction. Sometimes God says, pray with them. And I'm like, God, they don't go to church. They don't know you. They... He said, they need your prayer right now. And I just stop and pray with them. 
Well, Pastor, what if they're offended? That's their problem. I'm going to obey God. I ain't going to offend God. This year, listen to me. You will have opportunities to pray with people that will surprise you. You're going to have opportunities to speak into someone's life words that will change their eternal destiny. This year, while you're celebrating your abundance, your overflow, God is going to use it to portray a picture of His goodness to someone else who's in need. Because all the abundance coming to you is not for you. As Corey Ten Boone used to say, hold his blessings in an open hand so he doesn't have to pry your fingers off of it when he wants it. This year, you will have opportunity after opportunity to touch something unclean and bring God's presence to it. Are you willing? Are you willing to touch the unclean thing and release the cleansing power of the Most High that sets free? Father, we've delivered your word to your people. And I pray that the eyes of our understanding be opened to see your will to function in us as never before. To hear the still, small voice of your Spirit guiding us and directing us to greater manifestations of your glory than we've ever known. <coughs> Father, in this year of the miraculous and the supernatural, we will not be distracted by wealth transfer, but we'll use it for your glory and your honor and your praise. This year, we will heal the sick. We will raise the dead. We will cast out devils. We will demonstrate your power and your presence. And we will glory in your goodness and in your grace. And the people said, Amen. There are ministers available if you need prayer. They would love to pray with you, stand with you in agreement on whatever it is that God is speaking to you. I call you the blessed of the Lord. The Lord bless you and watch, guard, and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and enlighten you and be gracious, kind, merciful, and giving of favor to you. The Lord lift up His approving countenance upon you and give you peace, tranquility of heart, and His holy life continually. Your love to go with God.